We're turning in our Bibles this morning to Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13. And we want to read just one verse, verse 12. And Abram dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we ask You to speak to our hearts from Your Word today. Help us to see the relevance of this man Lot to every person in this room. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We're continuing our studies this morning of Lot and the days in which he lived, which according to the Lord Jesus Christ, are the exact days in which we are living. And the Lord said, the man who will characterize believers in the last days is Lot. Last week we talked about Lot's drifting toward Sodom. It began when he left the where of God's will for his life. We've been talking in recent messages from uh, here in the book of Genesis and from our studies in the book of Galatians concerning Paul and in the book of Acts about these three elements of the Lord's will. The what and the when and the where. The what the Lord wants us to do. When, the timing of what He wants us to do. And the where, the place where the what of His will and the when of His will is to be carried out. And these three markers have to be lined up. Two out of three doesn't count. And these three markers, um, Lot missed one of them. He missed the where of the Lord's will for his life when he left Ur of the Chaldees. And this is where the drift toward Sodom begins in Lot's life. We want to think about this drift again this morning because it is so critical to being able to examine our own lives, to being able to understand what is taking place in the church of Jesus Christ, to be able to understand what is taking place in this country. Last week in chapter 13, Lot separated himself from Abram. We saw in chapter 13 and verse 10 that Lot lifted up his eyes. And in verse 11 we read that he chose him all the plain of Jordan. And then we read those critical words in chapter 13 and verse 11. And Lot journeyed east. Lot journeyed east. That reminded us that directions are important in the Bible. The Lord doesn't put them in here just to fill up space. They have a message. Psalm 75, 6, a verse we ought to commit to memory. For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. Promotion comes from the north, where God sits also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. 
And so here's Lot choosing and journeying east. And what that little detail tells us is that Lot did not choose south. He didn't choose the direction away from God. He didn't overtly choose evil. He didn't choose Sodom. But neither did Lot choose north. He didn't choose to go in God's direction. He didn't choose what is right. What he chose was to journey east. This in-between direction, this direction that we might think of if we looked at our globe, the, the, this direction that is halfway between north and south. Seems like a, a neutral choice. Today we would call Lot a moderate. But as we talked about last week, there is no such thing as a neutral choice. Choices always have consequences, and choices will always lead in a direction. Last week we mentioned a quote from Reverend W.J. Dawson. He was a clergyman and a lecturer and an author who lived from 1854 to 1928. He was a man who obviously had a measure of wisdom because he said, you need not choose evil. You have only to fail to choose good and you drift fast enough toward evil. There are no neutral choices. Lot didn't choose evil. He didn't choose Sodom. He didn't choose the place where the men were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. He chose the plain of Jordan and journeyed east. He didn't choose south, but neither did he choose north. But when he failed to choose what's right, when he failed to choose north, when he failed to choose the Lord and where the Lord wanted him to go, Lot immediately began to drift fast enough toward evil. As we'll see. There's a verse that comes to mind in connection with Mr. Dawson's quote. Now I'd like for you to turn over to the book of Jude, if you will, the next to the last book in the Bible, right before the book of Revelation. Jude only has one chapter. And so we want to read a verse there in that singular chapter. And it's Jude and verse 3. Jude says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you. Now notice these next words. And exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I believe this is the point that Mr. Dawson is making. And I think we could state his words this way. I don't think he would mind. You need not choose evil. 
You have only to fail to earnestly contend for the faith and you drift fast enough toward evil. And drifting fast enough toward evil, folks, means turning south. We said a moment ago, this, what we're talking about here, and what we see in Lot's life, is key to understanding what's going on in this country. Churches need not choose the evil of all these Westcott and Hort humanistic versions of the Bible that rely on man's wisdom and man's scholarship that changes nearly 10,000 words from the Textus Receptus, the, the received text, the received Greek text from which the King James Bible is translated. Churches need only to fail to earnestly contend for the faith of Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 2. For God says, Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Churches need only to fail to earnestly contend for the faith of Proverbs 30 and verse 6. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar. Churches need only to fail to earnestly contend for the faith of Revelation chapter 22, verses 18 and 19. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life, and out of the holy city and from the things that are written in this book. Churches need only do that. And they've drifted fast enough toward evil. Churches need not choose the evil of contemporary Christian music. They need only to fail to earnestly contend for the faith of 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 15. What is it then? I will pray with the Spirit, and I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit, and I will sing with the understanding also. Churches only need to fail to earnestly contend for the faith of Ephesians 5 and verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Churches only uh, have only to fail to earnestly contend for the faith of Colossians 3.16. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And how one way that's going to happen, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Churches need not choose the evil of contemporary Christian music. They need only to fail to earnestly contend for the faith. And they've drifted fast enough toward evil, toward music whose words and message promote another spirit. The spirit of Antichrist of this age. 
toward music whose words cannot be understood because the words are not the focus. The music and the beat are the focus. Because churches have failed to earnestly contend for the faith, they've drifted fast enough toward music that does not promote the Word of God, the Word of Christ dwelling in God's people richly in all wisdom. They've drifted fast enough toward music that does not teach and admonish. Churches need not choose the evil of public education. They have only to fail to earnestly contend for the faith of Proverbs 19.27. Cease, my son. That's a command. Cease, my son, to hear the instruction that causeth to err from the words of knowledge. And churches have set their young people. Churches have set their young people drifting fast enough toward evil. They've set their young people drifting fast enough toward those who don't glorify God, to those who are unthankful, to those who are vain in their imaginations, to those whose foolish hearts are darkened. They've set their young people drifting fast enough toward evil, toward those who professing themselves to be wise became fools, to those who have changed the truth of God, the truth of God, the truth of Genesis 1.27. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God created He him. Male and female created He them. They've changed it into a lie that there are 72 genders. Did you know that? 72. And the number keeps growing. Churches have set their young people drifting fast enough toward evil. Toward those who have changed the truth of God. The truth of Leviticus 18.22. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is abomination. They've changed it into a lie that homosexuality is normal. Homosexuality is good. It's right. Churches have set their young people drifting fast enough toward evil, toward those who have changed the truth of God of Matthew chapter 19, where the Lord Jesus said, Have ye not read that He which made them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this cause shall a man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife a female, and they shall be one flesh. And the Lord Jesus said, What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And man has put what God created what God joined together to a man and a woman and they've put it asunder with the lie of two men or two women living together and blasphemously calling it marriage. Churches have set their young people drifting fast enough toward evil, toward those who have changed the truth of God Deuteronomy 22 and verse 5, The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, 
Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. The truth of God that women are not to identify as men and men are not to identify as women and churches have set their young people drifting fast enough toward evil. The evil of public education where I was reading an article this week in the Washington Stand, a Vermont high school soccer coach and parent was fired for using male pronouns in reference to a biologically male trans-identifying student who watched his daughter change in the girl's locker room. He didn't like that. Imagine that. Imagine being so narrow-minded and old in your thinking. This is 2022. This is the, the 21st century. We're liberated. Psalm 2, let us break their bands asunder. The Pennsylvania school, and this is not the only place that this is happening. A Pennsylvania school was found to be instructing teachers to hide the preferred names and pronouns of trans-identifying students from their parents. That's happening all over the country. And churches right here in Moore County are setting their young people drifting fast enough toward these very evils because they are failing to earnestly contend for the faith that it is a sin for believers to send their children to the public school when God says, cease, my son. That is a command. Cease, my son. To hear the instruction that calls this calls it to err from the words of knowledge. This is the condition of the church in America. And it's not just the mainline denominations. It's many, many independent churches that claim to believe the Bible. They haven't chosen evil any more than Lot chose evil. Any more than Lot chose Sodom. He chose all the plain of Jordan and journeyed east, not south. East, not the direction away from the Lord. That, that wouldn't have been the right thing to do. But neither did he travel north. And because he did not choose north, because Lot failed to choose the Lord, because he failed to earnestly contend for the faith, he drifted fast enough toward evil. In chapter 13, Lot journeyed east. If you want to go back to Genesis chapter 13. He journeyed east and pitched his tent toward Sodom. Now the Scripture doesn't say it. But I believe that Lot didn't journey east long before he turned south. And folks, it will ever be that way. It will ever be that way. There is no such thing as a neutral direction. 
No such thing as neutrality in the Christian life. If we're saved, if we're not earnestly contending for the faith, if we aren't earnestly and purposely and actively journeying north, if we're not earnestly and purposely and actively seeking the Lord, seeking those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, that's north then we may turn east for some brief period of time. But in fairly short order, we'll turn south. And I believe this is exactly what happened to Lot. He started out journeying east. He started out pitching his tent towards Sodom in chapter 13. But then he turned south. Look at chapter 14 and verse 12. And they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom and his goods, and departed. Lot dwelt in Sodom. Chapter 14 and verse 12. But that wasn't the end of his journeying south. Look at chapter 19 and verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at even, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. Lot sat in the gate of Sodom. And the Lord said that this is the way believers will be living in the days of His coming. And because individual believers are living this way, is it any wonder then that the church of Jesus Christ in the days of Lot is living and operating the same way? The people who make up the church are the people who are living like Lot. The church hasn't chosen evil. The church hasn't chosen south. But neither has it chosen north. Neither has it chosen to earnestly contend for the faith. Neither has it chosen the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. No, the church in this hour has chosen to travel east. Trying to get along in the world. Not be offensive to anybody. Not south. Not north. East. The church hasn't chosen wrong, but it's failed to choose right. It hasn't chosen a lie, but it's failed to choose the truth. It hasn't chosen black, but it has failed to choose white. It hasn't chosen cold, but it's failed to choose hot. The church began by journeying east in this gray, lukewarm soup, if you will. The church pitched its tent toward Sodom, but it didn't journey east long. And it's drifted fast enough to journeying south, to dwelling in Sodom, and further south to sitting in the gate of Sodom with its ears turned away from the truth because the church will not endure sound doctrine. Vexed, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, but powerless 
to stand against the evil of the hour because the world views the church the same way that Lot's daughters and their husbands viewed Lot. The church seems as one that mocks to the people of this world. And when we see the condition of the church, is it any wonder that this nation is in the same shape politically? And when we understand what has happened to believers and therefore to the church, we can understand what's happened to this nation. Folks, this nation did not need to choose evil. This nation did not need to choose Marxism and socialism. This nation did not need to choose tyranny. It only had to fail to choose good. It had only to fail to choose the Word of God, the King James Bible, and the documents that are based on that precious Word of God. The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States. It had only to fail to choose this threefold cord on which it was founded. God says a threefold cord is not quickly broken. It had only to fail to earnestly contend for the faith on which it was founded. And it would, and it has, and it is drifting fast enough toward evil, toward tyranny, toward totalitarianism. America, like Lot, like the church of Jesus Christ, began by journeying east, pitching its tent toward Sodom. Then this nation turned south and it dwelt in Sodom and now it has gone even further south. Till today this nation sits in the gate of Sodom on the eve of the judgment of God. This is why this election is so important. America, like God's people in the church, no longer headed east. It's turned south. And this election gives the people of God an opportunity to make a turn. Slight though it may be. It gives us an opportunity to, to, to vote in a way to try to help this nation turn slightly back north. Back toward God. Back toward His Word. Back toward our founding documents. Are you willing? Are you willing to pray? Are you willing to vote? If we're saved today, where are we? We're traveling in some direction. I would say again, if we're not earnestly contending for the faith, if we're not earnestly and purposely and actively journeying north in our Christian life, if we're not earnestly and purposely and actively seeking the Lord, seeking those things which are above, where, God, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, if we're not earnestly and purposely and actively setting our affections on things above, We're not journeying north. If we're not journeying north, and we do that by getting up every day, 
I love the song the choir sang this morning. I, I, it may be my favorite song. And I told Benny Sunday night that there, some of the songs they sing make you want to sing along. That's one of them. I hope you didn't hear me back there. In the morning when I rise, give me the news. Give me the newspaper. Give me the internet. Give me Jesus. That's how you get north. That's how you travel north. We travel north by starting every day. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Lord, here I am. Here I am. What wilt thou have me to do? We do that by reading His Word. We, we do that by praying. We do that by dying to self. We do that by coming to church, to every service, to gather with God's people, not just when it's convenient, not just on Sunday morning, but every service. This is how we go north. And if we're not journeying north, then we will begin to turn east and the turn may be so slight, we don't even notice it. And we, we may journey east for some period of time, but in fairly short order, we'll turn south. And again, the turn will be so slight, we won't even notice it. But we'll turn south in our sin and rebellion, and we'll head away from the Lord. One of the greatest sermons that has ever been preached in this state was preached in 1999 when the Cape Hatteras Lighthouse was moved. If you stood there, that move was so slight, you couldn't see it. The only way that you can really see it is to watch it in time-lapsed video. You could not even perceive the move was so slight, and yet that lighthouse moved, didn't it? Moved 1,500 or so feet inland. Folks, that's exactly what happens to believers. If we're not actively journeying north, looking for a city that hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God, then we'll begin to journey east, oh, ever so slightly, ever so... It, it, we won't hardly perceive it. And then the move south will be just like moving the Cape Hatteras Lighthouse. It, it's so slight we won't even realize it. But we'll move. What direction we're saved today? What direction are we journeying? If you're lost today, these things have an application to you. You need not choose the evil of death and hell and the lake of fire. <laughs> no one would ever choose that, would they? You have only to fail to choose life. The Lord Jesus Christ, the one who is the life. You have only to fail to choose life and you will drift fast enough toward a Christless eternity. This morning, it's still the day of grace. This morning, you need to choose life that your soul may live. You need to turn to God. Turn north. 
from the south of your sin and rebellion. We call that repentance. And trust the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone to be your Savior. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank You for the opportunity to look into Your Word today. And we pray that You would help us to examine ourselves before You. There is a message to the church. There is a message to this nation. But there is a personal message that must not be missed to every person in this room. Where are we journeying? What direction are we journeying? <laughs> Saved or lost? We need to ask that question this morning. And examine ourselves in the light of it. That those who are saved, Father, that we would actively and purposely journey north every day. And those who are lost, Father, we pray that they would help them to see themselves in the south country of sin and rebellion on their way to the lake of fire and see their need to turn to You, turn north from the south of their sin and rebellion and trust You to be their Savior. They can do that right where they are today. Christians can examine themselves right where we are today. And we can confess our sin because You're faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and turn us again in the direction of north. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.